Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, welcome to the Snooker Scene Podcast. I'm Dave Hendon. This week, I chat to one of the game's real gentlemen, Marco Fu. He's been a professional and mainstay of the tour for 20 years. He's won three world ranking events. He's featured at the latter stages of so many major tournaments. Marco and I sat down recently in Coventry to have a right good chat. Marco, what was your introduction to snooker? How did you get into the sport? Uh, my father. My father got me into it. Um, he he was a big fan of um, snooker and still is. Uh, still plays every day. Um, so, um, yeah, he loves the game. And Because um, back then in the 80s in Hong Kong, and used to be top-class players coming to Hong Kong every year. Yeah. Uh, once or twice at least, you know, mm. playing the, the Queen Elizabeth mm. Stadium and... Yeah, it was um, just so popular back then. Everybody played snooker, and I was obviously one of the younger, youngest uh, customers in the snooker clubs. Yeah. But um, yeah, you always get to see it. Like you, you see it on the streets, and you see it on TV. Mm. Uh, there's always something uh, about snooker. Mm. Um, and yeah, my dad got me into it. Because mm. really. at a ranking event there in 1989, did you go to that or did you see? No, it no, no? Like, I didn't go to that one. But I went to the previous uh, the exhibition ones because right. um, the ranking ones uh, just. Too many players, you know. Mm. Um, they used to have uh, like the exhibition, just an eight-man event. Mm. You used to have one or two of those every yeah. year. So yeah, got to see Jimmy, Steve Davis, Dennis Taylor, Terry. Yeah, um, yeah it's just great fun. Yeah, and then you moved to Canada, didn't you, when you were young? So which was also a very strong area for, for snooker. Yeah, I went to Canada when I was twelve. Mm. Um, yeah, it was um, snooker was um, pretty strong still when mm. I was there, but not as strong as it was maybe maybe. Ten eight years before that, mm. so uh, I, I still got to play a couple of um, like professionals, uh, ex-professionals. Like Bill Werbin, but he was um, right. he he stopped playing already. Yeah. Um, Brady Cole. You didn't have a drink with Bill, no? Uh, I watched him <laughs> drink a lot though. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was uh, still good practice for yeah. me back then because I was only a kid. So um, any like they they gave me advice, no problem. Mm. So yeah, it's great to be able to play those players and I le- learn a lot from them. Mm. And so, how quickly did you improve from being someone like a lot of young people who like playing? to actually realising that you were good at it and you know you, you could perhaps progress? Um, actually, um, I think I need 
needed to wait till when I was maybe 15, 16 mm. until I, I realized that snooker is probably going to be my profession because um, I, I met some great coaches, you know, back mm. then and they were helping, help, they helped me a lot with my game and when we first went to Canada, I was just playing basketball. I stopped playing snooker for a few years, and I pick it, pick, pick it up again when I was 15. Then right. I met like some some great people, and they were helping me um, to to get to uh, a decent amateur player from a player that was only maybe making 15, 60 break, and I was making hundreds, even maximums yeah. in uh, maybe two or three years time. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, all those people a lot. Mm. And so you were still a teenager when you won. You won the world under twenty-one, and then you won the world amateur championship. Yeah. So that was quite a breakthrough. That was a great year, nineteen ninety-seven. Mm. Uh, I went back to Hong Kong from Canada in ninety-six. Okay. Uh, I won a couple of local tournaments, so I got a, a chance to represent Hong Kong to play in um, the IBSF events. Mm. So uh, it was always a great experience. I was uh, just really enjoyed the occasion, you know, representing mm. your your country and you know, playing top class snooker players. I, I didn't really think of winning, um, but yeah, I just had a good couple of week, uh, good couple of months. You know, I was mm. like potting everything, and I won two two of the biggest tournaments mm. uh, on the amateur circuit, and that got me into the professional circuit as well. Beat Stuart Bingham in the in the world amateur final, eleven ten, I think. In, in yeah, that was one of the yeah. most memorable matches for me, uh, probably for Stuart as well, because yeah. Um, yeah, he was seven one up, and and mm. I managed to come back and to win eleven ten. Mm. That was uh, yeah, that was um, my biggest achievement back mm. then. You know, well, well, amateur champion. Mm. And then you turned pro, and pretty much immediately you were in a final. You got to the final of the Grand Prix. In yeah, ninety-eight. Yeah, there was pretty a much of, your first tournament. There was a bit of a yeah. surprise. <laughs> Obviously, I was on the back of a, a very good run. You know, mm. from winning the IBSF tournaments, but uh, from amateur to pro is just two different sports basically. Mm. So I didn't really expect to do a lot so soon. Um, I, d I don't think anybody expected it. Mm. So. It was a bit of a surprise, but uh, I really enjoyed it, you know, just yeah. um, be able to play all my idols, you know. I was mm. watching them on TV and all of a sudden they're right in front of me playing me. So, mm. um, yeah, it was uh, just a great, great experience for mm. me. But what was impressive about it was that you, you seemed to immediately adapt to, like, the TV conditions, the crowd. Like you say, you beat Ronnie O'Sullivan, you beat Peter Ebden. It didn't, nothing seemed to phase you at all. Yeah, back then I didn't have a lot of um, battle scars and, yeah. you know, I had less to lose yeah. um, every, everybody around me have everything to lose so obviously I wanted to beat them but uh, I just wanted to go out there and just uh, have a smile you know yeah. just just uh, be happy and, and just en enjoy the experience which mm. I did and I managed to play some good snooker against those mm. players and then I guess like because you've broken through getting to the final you've got lots of people maybe back home and, and in the game suddenly they're now tipping you to be like next world champion yeah. and, and was that because you've got to go and play another tournament you've got to sort of come down to earth a bit was it difficult having had that immediate breakthrough to then get used to being a pro yeah it was very hard I think the first tournament wasn't that hard because I had nothing to lose but uh, I got to the final it was good in a way but also bad in a way you know I had um, some like a very 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 tough um, few years after that you know I didn't really get to another final until th 2003 I think yeah. uh, which was uh, a long wait but uh, I had um, a lot of ups and downs you know after that and my game wasn't great to be honest I was just relying on a bit of, bit of instinct bit of confidence mm. um, but uh, overall my game technically wasn't wasn't good enough mm. um, to be in the top 32 even but right. uh, I was able to yeah win, win a few matches here and there but mm. I was uh, all over the place yeah, yeah. <laughs> after it's, that yeah. it, it seems like you, you, you've always focused on your sort of technique and, and coaching has been important to you hasn't it and 
but I guess you've got to get used to maybe if, you, if your style has to change, you've got to get used to that and, and playing like that in tournaments. Would, would that be right? Yeah, I think all the youngsters uh, when they first turn pro um, or when they start off playing, they were all, all out attacking. Yeah. I mean, everybody's the same. So, but after after a few years on the professional circuit, mm. you know that way of playing is not going to get you anywhere. Sure. So you've just got to change. Unless you're a fantastic potter like Mark Williams, mm. unless. You're that good, but mm. not a lot of players are, are that good. They're good potters, but not that good. So um, you just need to rely on your safeties, your brick building, um, a little bit of shot selection as well. So mm. yeah, I learned the game uh, as I was playing in the in the tournaments, which was kind of difficult because um, I had so much so much to learn, you know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, but it was a great experience mm. overall. The end of your first season, you played at the Crucible. Um, how big a deal was that? Because obviously, in this country, like British kids growing up. The crucible is everything. Yeah. You know. Was was it the same for you? Was it was it like this sort of mystical place that you suddenly there you were? Yeah, for me it was obviously mm. like crucible. You watch all the great matches um, over the years. I think all like a vast majority of the <coughs> classic matches were played at the crucible. Yeah. So it, I was obviously I was really looking forward to playing at mm. the crucible, and I didn't really think um, I could get there in my first season. Uh, that was a great achievement for me as mm. well. Probably just as good as getting to the final, the first tournament, getting yeah. to the Crucible. So um, yeah, I really enjoy, I really enjoyed it. But it was tough. Yeah, it was really tough because on TV it looks a little bit different. Yeah. You know, when you're yeah. actually there, and I'm sure a lot of players have played there will say yeah. the same. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't adapt to to play at the Crucible very well. Mm. You won uh, your first sort of big breakthrough in terms of a title was the Premier League 2003. I guess it must have been nice just to get hands on a trophy after, like you say, that initial. Um, breakthrough, getting to a final, a lot of talk around you. Now you've won a tournament. That must have been a relief. Yeah, a relief more than anything because um, getting to the final, the first tournament, then I expected um, a lot more for myself after that. I expect to get to another final very soon, but I just needed to wait for another yeah, four or five years before getting to the final. But that wasn't even a, a ranking event, even though it was such a, a great event. Hmm. So such an honour to be able to play in it. Mm. Still, it wasn't a, a ranking event, so it was very, very hard for mm. me. Uh, all top players, though, weren't they? The real yeah, cream of the crop. Yeah, 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 yeah. all the top, uh, the top four back then, mm. and uh, plus Steve Davis and Jimmy uh, White and myself. Mm. So very, very hard tournament mm. to win. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it was a relief and a great honour um, to be able to win a, such an exclusive event. Mm. And then you did win your first ranking title, 2007 Grand Prix, beat Ronnie O'Sullivan in the final. Yeah. which you know, just sort of capped it all, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I had a pretty good record against Ronnie, you know, especially in the first half of his, uh, my career. Yeah. Funny enough, I wasn't like, <laughs> I wasn't as good as now actually right. back then. But I tend to beat him. I tend yeah. to play quite beat well him the against him. First round of the crucible. Yeah, he made one four seven. Yeah, he made one four seven, and yeah. I beat him ten uh, five or ten six. Mm. So I played quite well, and I beat him. Yeah, obviously first time at the Guild Hall, mm. then. Aberdeen, the final. Mm. So I tend to have a pretty good um, record against him, mm. but uh, I haven't beaten him for maybe seven or eight years now. Mm. So that was in the past. Yeah, <laughs> but that was—I uh, mean—the Grand Prix. That was like the fourth BBC event in those days. So that yeah. was a high-profile win, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I call that uh, a major as well, even though it wasn't. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I was yeah. telling everybody it was BBC event, of a major mm. tournament. Mm. <laughs> so I, I was telling—I was trying to cheat a bit, but. Um, but it's still a great event, it was Grand Prix. Um, Did you feel you were due one? I mean, you were one of those names, a bit like Ryan Day's now, 1-1. Like yeah. people were saying, well, Marco is obviously good enough. When's it going to happen? And it happened that year. Yeah, it was kind of frustrating because I, I, I got the game, mm. uh, even though it wasn't great, great, you know, but still good enough to win tournaments. Mm. But I, I waited for, yeah, that was my ninth season. Mm. 
as a pro uh, before winning the first ranking event, which mm. was very long. Mm. Your next one was in Australia. Um, maybe you weren't the most popular man there because you beat Neil no, Robertson in the yeah, final. Yeah, yeah. But again, um, I guess once you've won one, you just want to win another one. I guess that's how it works. Yeah, yeah. But um, it took yeah, a while, that, though, didn't it? it? Took a few years. Yeah, it took another few years. Mm. Uh, I had, yeah, I had so much, so many ups and downs. You know, mm. uh, after the Grand Prix again. Uh, I seem to be going through a lot of changes from my career and mm. yeah sometimes it can be really really bad you know when mm. I was trying to adapt some new things and mm. yeah I had a lot of downs you know after mm. the Grand Prix and yeah but Australia was uh, just one of those weeks I was putting everything everything mm. seemed to go my way every little not just you know just yeah I kind of re- need, needed to rely on a little bit of that but I played mm. quite well mm. that week and then the third one you won was just last season the Scottish Open you played unbelievably well you had 11 centuries John Higgins starts the, fi- the final with three centuries yeah and you beat him 9-4 yeah. I mean that was you played really well that week yeah I played very well mm. played very well that week um, <coughs> uh, I was yeah just when I, when I saw the table it was um, a clearance right away so mm. it was just one of those Period, you know, in your mm. career, that um, that that can happen, you know, sometimes. And, uh, but uh, yeah, that was uh, unreal the way mm. I play throughout the tournament. Um, in the final, I had a bit of luck, but overall, I, I played very well. Mm. I think I'm right in saying John invited you to his house for a yeah. sort of celebration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't you? I turned of, down. It was yeah. uh, all in the paper. Yeah. Next next day, it yeah. wasn't very nice. Yeah. But, uh, but I had to catch a <laughs> catch a flight, you know, the next yeah. morning because uh, I, I got my car, so I need to drive down. Yeah. To Heathrow from Glasgow, uh, so I got up at four o'clock. Mm. I, I have to get up at four o'clock mm. to catch the flight. So, uh, not not the best of drive, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I said no to John, which was a shame. Yeah. We'll have to go because it's Christmas time, leading yeah. up to Christmas, yeah. and he was having a party. And very nice, John, very mm. nice guy. He invited me to, to his house. I would love to go. I would mm. love to go. But mm. um, yeah, sorry. You say, you seem to be Marco, a player who gets on with most of the players. Would that would that be correct? You don't sort of you're not one for sort of big rivalries necessarily. Um, no, no, I don't. I don't really mix mm. with the players a lot, you know. Mm. But uh, yeah, they're all very nice. You know, mm. nice people. You know, soccer players are overall very nice, but. Mm. Uh, but I don't drink, I don't play poker, so yeah. I don't really <laughs> mix with them a yeah. lot. But uh, yeah, I would love to, you know, um, yeah, know them a little bit better. But mm. uh, yeah, over the years, I've, I've um, yeah, met a lot, many, many nice snooker players. Mm. So yeah, tend to yeah get along with uh, most of mm. them. Most, okay. Most. <laughs> you also, you know, when we see you on television in particular, you seem to. Some players show their emotions a lot, and you know what they're feeling. You seem to be able to keep it in to an extent where. Even if you're feeling bad inside, you don't necessarily show it. Is yeah. that just how you are, or is that something you've learned? A little bit of both. Yeah, yeah, that's how I am. But uh, also, uh, I think I've had a lot of setbacks in, in snooker. So mm. sometimes I get very disappointed when I lose. So I just said to myself, if I win next time, I'm not going to get too carried away. I'm not going right. to jump up and down, you yeah. know, yeah. Um, on the table and stuff like that. Because when I get really happy after a win. Then it works both ways. I get more disappointed when I lose. So I try to stay somewhere in the middle. Yeah. If I win, it's okay. Yeah. If I lose, then I'm, I'm not too gutted. I try to, yeah, because yeah. it's a hard feeling sometimes. Yeah. Snooker. Yeah. It's all in the, in the mind. Sometimes when you lose, you go back to the hotel, or sometimes you drive home. It's mm. very, very hard. So yeah. I just try to do something different, you know, and, and mm. it seems to work a little bit for mm. me. I felt okay, you know, throughout my career, you mm. know, dealing with uh, victories and setbacks. And yeah. That's, that's the way I looked at it. Okay. What have been the real sort of disappointments? I mean, is, is there, are there certain matches, maybe even certain shots that stand out and you think if only that had happened differently? Or? Yeah, I mean, I've got so many. I'm losing to <laughs> yeah. Sean Murphy, mm. 
10-9 in the UK final. Mm. That was uh, a tough one to take. I was 9 it up, yeah. and I missed uh, a great chance to win 10-8. Uh, then the semis, semi-final of the World Championship in mm. 2006, 17-16 mm. to Ebden. Yeah. There was another one I had a chance. You were 15-9 down. 15-9 down, yeah, then yeah. came back 15-each, then yeah. he went 16-15, then 16-each. Mm. So that was my best chance to get into the final mm. at the Crucible. So uh, I had a half a chance, you know, in the last frame. He'd done a great clearance, mm. every credit to him. But uh, but uh, if I've uh, taken my chance a little bit better, then I should have won. Mm. But uh, that was, yeah, those two are a little bit hard to take. Mm. Even thinking back, it's uh, yeah. Yeah, a little bit hard. But yeah. um, Is it hard, though, not to... In fact, it interests me, is it hard not to dwell on it? Because I interviewed Ken and Ken Doherty, and he was saying about the black he missed for the 147 yeah. of the Masters, and he still, every now and again, will replay it in his mind, yeah. and he pots it. But obviously he can't change what happened, but he just can't sort of put it out of his mind. Is, is that how it is for players? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes mm. I'm not... Um, uh, I'm not that great, you know, with my <coughs> memories on the snooker table. Yeah. Sometimes people will remember all the shots, you know, they yes. play. Like yeah. 2006 British Open yeah. first round, frame two, <laughs> they remember yeah. they, they miss a black thick or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'm yeah, not yeah. one of those. Yeah. I, I just play a match, I couldn't remember a lot of shots, you know. Um, I play, so, which is kind of good. But I watch a lot on myself on, on YouTube and mm. stuff, and I try to see, pick up the little things. Mm. Um, I try to yeah try to look at the ones that I win actually. Mm. But <laughs> yeah, well that's the way to do it. But, um, but yeah. I mean, so so if you sort of look at YouTube of yourself, how do you compare yourself now? Because you're still obviously very much top eight player now compared to maybe I don't know ten years ago. Are you are you a better player now? More consistent maybe? Yeah, overall I'm a better mm. player. You know, um, better around the table. I look better around the table. Mm. Uh, and sometimes looking back, I, I can make a, a high break, but um, my white ball is everywhere. But now I'm right. kind of more in control. Mm. Uh, safety play a little bit better. Shot selection mm. a bit better. Uh, long potting maybe not as good as back then, but mm. uh, overall I think I'm a better player now. Mm. The Griffiths family have been quite important to you, Terry and. Very and important. Wayne, now his son as well. Yeah. But just talk talk about the sort of how they've helped you. Um, I think, yeah. First, I uh, worked with Terry in two thousand and two. I think uh, I went to see him in the wrong time because I just um, I, I was uh, really struggling with my game, and I've got a match. You know, qualify qualify for the Crucible. I was playing Sean Murphy, but that was uh, three days later. I went to see Terry, and yeah. everything about my game was wrong. So that was uh, a wrong timing, you know, to go to see Terry. So that wasn't a, a great start, you know. But uh, but after that, he changed a lot of things about my technique, you know, uh, shortened up my bridge, uh, my my cue cue arm, uh, and and the backswing a little bit because I was pulling left or right or something like that. It wasn't straight anyway. So um, yeah, that helped me to to win the Grand Prix and get to the yeah. UK final. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I tend to have a lot of changes, you know, in my career with my technique. So. But uh, but he's definitely helped me a lot, and, and Wayne's the same. Because mm. Wayne, uh, people don't know Wayne is Terry's son, and he works in Hong Kong as well, doesn't he? he works in Hong players, Kong. Yeah. yeah, he started working in Hong Kong in 2010, mm. I think. So he's been there for a long time now, and he's uh, the coach of uh, the Hong Kong squad. So it's the ladies, the seniors, and, yeah. and the juniors as well. So he, yeah. he yeah he does yeah works with all of us basically. Mm. So yeah, he's done a great job there. Mm. You talk about the real big tournaments. I mean, you've been twice world semi-finalist. You've been in the Masters final. You've been in the UK final. Mm-hmm. All great achievements that a lot of players would sort of envy. But I guess having not quite won one of them yet, yeah. is that is that sort of next on your list of things that obviously, you'd like to do? Yeah, obviously, yeah. But uh, I mean, those tournaments are the toughest tournaments on the calendar mm. to win, and and the most important ones as well. So everybody will be ready, you know, to play in those tournaments. They they'll practice harder before the tournament, so their standard will be higher. Uh, 
and and the format I think is a little bit longer compared yeah. to most most of the tournaments. So you have to be more consistent, especially the world. You need to be technically, mentally, physically, everything has yeah. to be there, um, yeah. which is yeah over the 17 days as mm. well. So that's the toughest tournament to win. Mm. Yeah, I'm kind of um, yeah a little bit proud of how I've done in those mm. triple crown events, but I would love to do better. Obviously, mm. you know, not winning those tournaments. Uh, yeah, would make me feel a little. Yeah, uh, I feel I don't belong to one of the the, the great okay. players. Obviously, with you know, not not without like without any one triple crown event. Mm. So I would love to win at least one before I retire. Mm. How sort of mentally hard is the World Championship? I mean, like you say, it's not like any other tournament. Some matches last three days, like the semi final yeah. last three days. You played Mark Selby a couple of years ago in the semi-final, and you know it's four sessions of what you know is going to be tough snooker. How do you sort yeah. of prepare yourself for that? Because that's 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 hard. Yeah, that's hard, and also uh, you just finish a very tough match yeah. before that as yeah. well. Because I think I beat Barry thirteen right, to eleven. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Um, same thing um, earlier this year. You know, I, mm. I play, I beat Neil Robertson uh, in in the last 16, sure. 13, 11, tough match, tough yeah. tough match. Took a lot out of me. Yeah. Then the next day I'm playing Selby and mm. I lost easy, 13-3, yeah, 13-4, yeah, yeah. something like yeah. that. So, yeah, I think the physical part is definitely the most important. I would say technical mm. is always there, but mm. uh, when you're physic physically not there, um, it will yeah play a play a big part. You know, mm. um, it will affect your game mm. a lot. I mean, when when you're not 100% physically, mm. so that's the most important yeah. aspect. I think. And also, the, obviously, there if you do like you say the Mark Selby match last season. If you start to go like 10-3, 11-3 down, it must be pretty demoralising. You know, you're looking at the scoreboard and you, do you just want it to kind of be over then or how, how does it work? Yeah, I think uh, the way I felt and the way he played, I knew, uh, I think, yeah, halfway through the match, I knew, uh, I, I don't think I can, it's highly unlikely that I will come out as a winner in that match because he was playing really well and I wasn't feeling, I was only feeling about 30% of uh, what it was um, earlier that week. So I was just very tired and yeah. Getting old, maybe. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I know. Is just, just, just very hard. You know, mm. just a little embarrassing as well. So I was kind of relieved that he played very well, made all the balls, and yes. um, but it's not a great feeling, no. especially at the Crucible. Of course, yeah, it's very public as well, isn't it? But one thing about you, you've always looked after yourself. You're not, you know, a hellraiser in any sense. Like, say, <laughs> you don't drink, you, and I, I guess that's important in terms of energy. And you know, if you've not been out late at night in, in some casino, you, you, you're going to prepare properly. Yeah, I think um, that seems to be the trend, you know, in uh, a lot of the sports. You know, they go vegan, they they on a very healthy diet, you know, and they seem to improve the the game, you know, dramatically when you do that. And I I'm a vegetarian, I'm not a vegan, uh, but still, it helps a lot, you know, with my um, weight um, sure. and um, yeah, the way I feel, you know, sometimes. And I try to eat healthy and drink healthy, but. Uh, Sometimes that's not enough. You just need to, you know, do do a little bit more. But at least I've I've given myself the best chance, you know, to, yeah. to go into a match with uh, a very good um, state, you know, mm. um, physically. So mm. yeah, that's why try to do yeah you made I think four one four sevens um, you made the first one ever shown on the internet that's yeah that means anything to you <laughs> um, and made one of the masters they're, they're special yeah. aren't they I mean they're, they're yeah. still people say they're more common but when you make one it's special yeah still very special I mean uh, even if you make one I, th I think I've made one uh, in one of the qualifiers again that sale it was only made 500 quid or something yeah. uh, but still special yeah. still a good feeling uh, and to make more than one as well I mean not many people have yeah. made, made one in a tournament to mm. make you made four so you're right at the list yeah, yeah, but that's uh, only when you one frame. Yeah. But yeah. still, very nice. You know, one four seven is maybe people don't really appreciate now with the one four seven. With people players are getting very good, mm. 
seems to be 147 every week now. So yeah. uh, maybe four 147s in the last in the last three weeks or something, mm -hmm. which is uh, amazing. But um, back then, um, not a lot of players can make 147, mm -hmm. so it felt even better uh, mm -hmm. when I actually made one. Mm. How conscious are you of representing Hong Kong? Because you you must be one of Hong Kong's most successful ever ever sports people. You, you've got to be. Not really. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> who would be Who would be above you? Uh, Quite a few, actually. Really? Yeah, because I think mean, I mean it's a very tough field. You know, I mm. don't win a lot. I mean, uh, if but if high pro you're very high profile. You know, snook is a high profile television sport of. around the world. Yeah, and yeah. you're always kind of in the mix somewhere. Yeah, yeah, but you just need to win, right? Right. You just need to win. Yeah. If I if I didn't turn pro, and I, I play in IBSF events, I'll be multiple world champion. They'll they'll, they'll say I'm multiple world right. champion because okay. they they can't tell the difference between IBSF and, and mm. winning at the Crucible. Obviously, they know the players, or beating Ronnie mm. and, and beating Selby. They, they they know a few, but uh, you just need to win. <laughs> just need to win. So uh, I mean, I'm, I'm ranked six or seven in the world, but I don't think that means a lot to them. But it doesn't matter. I just do my own things and. Mm. Uh, yeah, I try to yeah get as much satisfaction as possible, you know, mm. from from winning. Mm. Are you now a father, of course, as well? So that I guess changes your priorities, does it? You're not just playing for yourself anymore, are you? That's 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 well in the past. Yeah, that's uh, pros and cons. Obviously, mm. sometimes when I'm I'm a little bit more motivated, you know, going to matches. But sometimes I feel <laughs> I'm always away. I'm always sure. on the road, yeah. which is very very hard, you know, especially when you're not playing so well. Mm. Uh, so um, that's that's very very hard for me. Mm. I'm not sure about the other players, but I, th I tend to travel a little bit more mm. compared to to most of the players. Everybody travels a lot now, but mm. I tend to do a little bit more than them. So mm. um, yeah, missing the the birthdays, sure. you know, m missing the special moments, which mm. is yeah, I feel a little bit uh, a little bit sad actually mm. that way. Um, but uh, that's the way it is. Snooker is quite a lonely sport, isn't it? I mean, literally, when you're out there, it's just you. Yeah, very very lonely. Mm. Yeah, people talk about the mental mental side of the game. Mm. The, um, a lot of players are suffering from, yeah, some mental, you know, problems, which is understandable because mm. like snooker is uh, a very quiet sport. You know, it's, mm. it's not not a lot going on. You know, in a match, it seems sure. like very quiet. But inside the mind is very busy. Yeah. Everybody's going through all these emotions, um, positive, negative emotions. You know, it's just like a roller coaster for everybody. Even though you're just sat in a chair, mm. but it can be very hard. You know, and, and when you lose, you you back on the road or you stay in your hotel on your own. So um, it's understandable why people are suffering mm. from it. And yeah, uh, so just try to. Yeah, be happy, and um, I just need to maybe pick and choose a few tournaments. It's very hard for yeah. me to travel all the time throughout the year, so I just need to, yeah, hopefully pick and choose a few tournaments. Uh, that's the downside, but uh, you can't have it both ways. Just yeah. need to find a balance, I think. Yeah, you're unlikely to be late, Marco, for a match because you've got this this watch that we see. I'm looking at it now with great envy. It's a, so tell me about it. it's a limited edition watch. It's a Marco Fu watch, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a 147 and special edition. So mm. I have. Um, so there's 147. 147 of them. Right. Yeah. Right. It's, um, yeah. I'm doing um, a, a bit of design work for a Hong Kong watch company. Mm. So uh, I think watch and snooker play they match quite well. Mm. Like when you're playing, you know, everybody can s kind of see what they can see yours. Sure, yeah, they can, can see me from outside. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that does, does match quite well. So, yeah. so the watch people are very happy. I think, yeah, they, they both uh, accuracy, right? Accuracy yeah. very important in, in, in timing and mm. obviously in snooker as well. So, yeah, I'm very happy to be able to have my own um, yeah. edition. Yeah, uh, and and if I mean they're probably all sold now. But if I wanted to buy one, I mean, like, what what how what, what would I have to pay for them? How Maybe uh, four grand or something. Really? Four grand. It's a two beyond. It's like um, yeah, Hong Kong made two beyond. If it's made in Switzerland, then it's yeah. going to be like five times as much. Okay. But, uh, 
It's a very nice watch. Then, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, you want is, one? Well, I'm not, <laughs> well, if it's free, certainly. <laughs> I also read on um, I've read on Wikipedia that you've been made a justice of the peace. Is that is that true? And yeah, what does it mean? Just sort of, it's, Can you arrest me? I mean, what's, what's yeah? <laughs> I um, I, I spoke to Wayne. They said justice yeah. of peace in in the UK is a little bit different. Yeah. Um, in Hong Kong, I get to I have a social responsibility. I can. Mm. Visit. I have to visit like hospitals, mm. prisons, and and uh, just need to give um, the government feedbacks right. to, uh, of what I think of mm. uh, the facilities, you know, public facilities, and uh, I still haven't done any yet because I right. just I just I was just named not a few months ago, yeah. and I'm all the way on the roll. But mm. uh, I'm, I'm I'm due one I think very soon. Mm. I need to yeah visit different places and yeah, yeah it's a great honor. Yeah. It's a great honor. Um, so you, you you see a lot, you know, on on like Hong Kong movies, you know the yeah. the just the piece, you know, visiting the prison and yeah. and yes, um, yeah, never thought that I'll, I'll be one. You know, mm. So no, great honour. Yeah, but honor. that shows, like I said, how high profile you are. You know, that's, you've been chosen because you, they, you're recognisable, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But uh, still, it's still uh, very overwhelming. You know, mm. um, it's yeah, it's just a great honour. Hopefully, I can do a good job. Mm. You you. Dare I say it, you're nearly 40 now. Um, but in snooker, that's actually not in any way old these days. We know that. Mm. But you're not going to play forever. What's your sort of ambitions at this stage of your career? What are your sort of goals right now? I don't know, maybe three or four years more. Right. Um, after that, I'll probably still play if I can, if I'm still on the main tour. I don't mm. know. But uh, if, if I am still on the main tour, then I'll probably play a little bit. Mm. Maybe a few few events every year, but I'm not gonna worry too much about my rankings. I will mm. probably be like 40 and 50 in the ranking. Right. Hopefully, I'll stay on the main tour, but mm. just play for fun. But uh, mm. hopefully, I can concentrate in the next three or four years uh, to stay in the top of the game mm. and and see how it goes. But uh, and yeah. what and what then after if when your career uh, is, is over. Have you given any thoughts to what you do next? Uh, I just love soccer so much. Uh, I think the only reason I plan to retire is because of the the family. You know, yeah. just the traveling is very hard. You know, uh, and um, I'll probably still do something with snooker. You know, hopefully with some something to do with coaching mm. back in Hong Kong or in China. Mm. Hong Kong is my first priority, and hopefully mm. I can do a little bit of that. But mm. uh, it's very hard to um, start start off, obviously, because mm. um, I'm still traveling a lot, so I can't do anything now. But mm. uh, I would love to be a snooker coach. Mm. And finally, as you sort of your career's not over, obviously, but as you look back on it. Um, how sort of satisfied are you? I mean, you've, you've played in all the great venues, you've won tournaments, it's a great career. Um, but I interviewed Stephen Hendry and he won everything, and, he, and even he was saying, well, there's, Chief, a couple, yeah. there's a couple, yeah, there's a couple, <laughs> but he was saying, like, the world final with Ebden, yeah, just yeah, picking things. Yeah, how, how easy is it to be sort of satisfied with your lot, or are there all of, are there those sort of nagging things, okay, we've only ever won that one, or, or whatever? Yeah, yeah, you can always <laughs> pick. Mm. Uh, hundred hundred matches that you you could have won right like over your your long career. But for me, I'm not that greedy. Um, I, I think thinking back uh, the days in Canada, you know, I was losing to players like like Brady Golden, for example. Yeah. He didn't really get to um, the top 32 yeah. in the world back then, and and he was beating me a lot on a regular basis. I was uh, maybe 15 points behind. So for me, getting to the Top 32 was my was my goal. I've, I've given myself like maybe yeah seven or eight years to achieve that, you know, mm. to get to the top 32. Mm. But I've done a little bit better than that over the years, yeah. and and yeah, I'm I'm very ha- more than happy, more okay. than happy. Because okay. I, I didn't really put put in that much work, you know, compared to a lot of players, mm. I wasn't that dedicated. So I think they deserve deserve a little bit more success than I do, that's for sure. But uh, overall, I'm very happy with uh, the things I've done in the game. That's good to hear, and it's been a pleasure to talk to you, Marco. Thank you so much. Thank you. Dave. Cheers. Thanks.
Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.